chapter 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these fellows, Lord. Thank you for the class that we've had, and thank you for the comments and the discussions that we've had, Lord. Pray you would help these guys, Lord. I think a lot of these guys wants to, want to do right. They want to live for you. They want you to be pleased with their lives, Lord. But, God, we need you to teach us how to do that. And, God, we need you to, um, God, continue to point us in the right direction and point out some of the areas where we're lacking, where we're slacking, Lord, and where we need to step it up. I pray you would help us all to see um, clearly, Lord, what you have for us today from your word. And, God, help us to call out the areas where we are weak. And where we need to strengthen with your help, Lord. Help these guys to each get something from you. You know what's in their lives. You know what's going on. You know, um, God, the struggles that they're facing. Lord, help them today. Help them to care enough to listen. But God, if they do, I pray that you would please give them something that would, would strengthen them and encourage them to be better for you. God, please open un, unto us the treasures of your word. Lord, teach us and help our lives to reflect the what you have said to us and what you've taught to us today. Please help us to hear your voice through the preaching, Lord. We love you. Please help me to get this across as well. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you for standing. Malachi, obviously, is the last uh, book of the Old Testament. It's the last prophet that God would send to Israel before 400 years of silence. There was no prophet, no word from God after Malachi for some 400 years until John the Baptist shows up in the New Testament. But Malachi is coming to these people and his message is heavy. He's getting on them. He's calling out some sins. But guys, also, he talks about God's love for Israel. And can I remind you, listen, guys, God loves each one of you. He sent Jesus to die for you individually. If you were the only person on the face of the earth, he still would have died for you. But guys, in that love, sometimes he has to call out our sin. And particularly, one of the groups of people he has to call out in this book is the priest. Now, we don't have priests anymore. You say, yeah, I know of some. Well, <laughs> they're invalid. They're not true priests. But back in the Old Testament, they would have these priests. They would offer sacrifices unto God for the people. This is back in the day and age where they would have animal sacrifices of lambs and rams and, and different animals. And they would do that for their sins. But God is getting on them because these priests had started to pervert um, the service of God. And we'll get into it as we go. This message is strong and direct to these guys, though. I want you to see verse number two. He says, if you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you. You know what this tells me, Jaden? This is like their last chance. This is, this is getting to crunch time. This is urgent. He's saying you can't play around much longer. Guys, can I remind you just with this quote in mind? As you are getting to the end of your high school career, and guys, as you're close to adulthood, as you're making those decisions for some of you, uh, what am I going to do next? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to start a full-time job? What am I going to do? Guys, can I tell you, you better get serious now. You don't have, all, you don't have a lot more chances to say, what am I going to do with this Christian life? Which way am I going to go? Am I going to be serious? Am I going to play around? Is it going to be my whole life or is it going to be no part of my life whatsoever? Can I tell you, for many of you, and I'm not trying to get on you, but you've heard it when you were 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 and 17, and now some of you are getting to that in range of your teen years. Can I tell you, you better make up your mind. 
You better make up your mind now. He's telling these priests, listen, this is your last chance. There's some urgency here. And what is he calling for them to do? He says, you better listen and you better lay it to heart. Lay it to heart. Lay it to heart. That's the message today. Lay it to heart. And I'll just jump into this and then I'll start explaining it to you. Lay it to heart. Hey, guys, when God speaks to your heart, when God calls you out, when God says, you need to do this, George. Ethan, you need to work on this. Dylan, you need to work on this. Tom, you need to work on this. Do you lay it to heart? I hope you do and I hope I do. And that's the message for today. Point number one is this, the pinpointed audience. The pinpointed audience. Verse number one. Guys, this could not be more direct. Verse number one. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. I don't think there's any confusion. I don't think you read that verse and like, so who's he talking to again? (laughs) I mean, it's very to the point. It's very direct. It's very in your face. He's saying this commandment is for the priest. And you say, well, I'm not a priest. Uh, I understand that. But I think there's some similarities. There's a pinpointed audience. Guys, think about this. These guys are priests, right? They have a ministry for God. They serve the Lord. They're supposed to help the people. They're supposed to point the people in uh, the right direction and point them to God. Can I tell you now, uh, back in that day, it would be from a certain tribe, the tribe of Levi, and then they would, God would call these priests out of that tribe and they would serve in the temple for a certain amount of time, certain amount of years. Guys, can I tell you, first of all, this is a precious manifestation. Listen, Can I tell you, I think there was a time, Ethan, when they're growing up that they dreamed about this. They dreamed of becoming priests. They dreamed of leading God's people. They dreamed of helping people and pointing them in the direction of God and teaching them the word of God. I think there was a time where they dreamed about it. Hey, guys, I don't know about you. Growing up in church, sometimes when you're young, you're in the junior boys, you're you're small. And then maybe when you're on the uh, young side of coming into this class, I don't know about you. There were times where I'm thinking, man, I would love to preach one day. I would love to lead someone to the Lord. Man, I would love to maybe take a mission trip. Man, I would love to do this in church or help out in this area or work on a bus route or invite people to church. And guys, for me, for me, you've heard me say this, but my heroes were Brother Bob and Brother Chuck Webb and Brother Jack Wyatt and Brother Jerry Tripp and my dad and different ones. I saw what they did. I heard the stories, George, and I thought, wow, I would love to do that one day. Guys, can I tell you, as you are maturing, hopefully, (laughs) and you're getting 13, 14, 15, 16, can I tell you, some of those things you dreamed about, hopefully in the past, now you have the chance to. Now you have the chance to. You don't just hear about people, oh, this person led someone to the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Now you're leading people to the Lord. That's great. That's awesome. It's not just, hey... These older guys, Brother Zach and Brother Tim and Brother Kevin, they've been preaching these messages five minutes in church. Now, some of you guys have those chances. That's awesome. That's wonderful. I'm proud of you. But I'm just saying, don't forget that you used to dream about it. Don't forget that those that this is a re- reality now. Hey, guys, and by the way, I know for some of you in other realms, you're thinking, man, one day I, I dream of being a, a husband or a father or, or, or having this car or living in this place. Hey, can I tell you that's all fine? That's all fine. But guys, can I tell you, and this is kind of where we're going with this. When those uh, dreams and aspirations become reality, don't lose the character. Don't lose the integrity that you have on the inside. Because you know what? You, some of those things will happen in your life. But if you're not a good man on the inside, all that stuff will fall apart eventually. It's not about just getting blessings from God. It's about being right with God. If you're right with God, God will bless you eventually. 
But guys, so often we worry about all the blessings and we turn those blessings into our gods. The pinpointed audience. There's a precious manifestation. They grew up thinking about this. They grew up thinking and dreaming, saying one day, one day this will be my opportunity. Guys, listen, it's not just one day that you'll get to be able to teach people. Some of you have that opportunity now. It's not just one day that you can disciple somebody. Some of you are doing that now. It's not just one day when you get older, you can give out tracts. You can do that now. Guys, can I tell you, don't gloss over that. Don't pass by that. Don't act like that's whatever. It's a big deal. Hey, guys, today, today, you guys can live for God. You can make a difference in somebody. You know, for most of you, you can go out and uh, invite somebody to church today. That's possible. That's totally within your capability. You can go out today and witness to someone and see them get saved. That's totally within your capability and possibility. Guys, that is reality now. Don't lose sight of that. So they had a precious manifestation. Now it's reality. Now they have this opportunity. But you know what they had? They had a part of the ministry. Hey, guys, what these guys were doing was important, right? What were they doing? They were helping people. They were working in the nation. They were pointing people to God. And guys... They got to work for God. That's a privilege. The proximity to the master. They're working for God. They're serving God. Hey, guys, when you give out tracts, you're serving God. When you're helping out around here, you're serving God. You're not doing it for the pastor or Miss Christina. You're not doing it for some leader in the church or some teacher. Guys, if you're doing it, you're doing it for God. You should be doing it for God. You're doing it for God. Think of it. These guys, now it's reality. Everything they dreamed about, now they can do it. They have a part of a ministry. They're helping people. They're doing something important, an important work. And they're doing it for God. They're working for God. They're serving God. What a privilege that is. But guys, can I tell you, this is where we encounter the problem with these priests. They were just performing the motions. They were just going through the motions. They were just doing what they had to do to get by. They were just uh, uh, putting in their time, punching the clock, uh, doing what they had to do, and then they would get out of there. And they had some perverse motives. If you go back to verse uh, chapter 1, verse number 10, look at this. He's still talking to the priests in this area in section 2. But in verse number 10 of chapter 1, he says, Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle a fire on my altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, say the Lord of hosts, neither will I accept an offering at your hand. You say, what is he talking about? I believe that what he's saying is this. He's saying, I can't find any one of you that would even close the doors for naught. You know what I think? Naught is nothing. As opposed to, they wanted someone to pay them for doing it. They wanted someone to give them some kind of benefit for doing it. Guys, he's saying, you don't do it for me anymore. You just do it for the pay. You just do it for the benefit. You just do it because you can get something out of doing it. He's saying, that's pretty garbage. That's what God's telling the priests. He's saying, when, when, when the things in the temple need to be performed, he's saying, I can't find any one of you that would serve me unless you get paid for it, unless you get some kind of benefit for it. Hey, guys, is it wrong for people in full-time Christian service to get paid for what they do? Not at all. Is it wrong for sometimes some people to give gifts to them or benefits to them or some kind of perks? No, there's nothing wrong with all. But guys, you shouldn't do it for that. That's what I'm saying. And these guys, they're saying, oh, we got to do service around the temple. Uh, uh, so what am I going to get from it? Well, there's no pay. Psst, well, you can forget it. I got other stuff to do. That was their attitude. And God's saying, are you kidding me? When did it turn into that? Some people were doing it for money. Verse number 13 of chapter 1. 
This, this was their attitude about it. Ye said also, behold, what a weariness is it. And ye have snuffed at it. You know what that means, guys? When there was a job to be done in the temple, uh, George, and they're saying, hey, hey, Ethan, we need you to do this. You know what their attitude was? Weariness. Ugh. <sighs> they hated every second of it. You know why they hated every second of it? Because they didn't do it for the Lord anymore. They just performed the motions. They just did it outwardly. They just did what they had to do. But they hated it on the inside. Hey, guys, you should enjoy serving God. Hey, is every day fun? Do people always treat you well? Does, is everything sunshine and roses? No, it's not. But you know, the purpose for which we do it is what it's all about. Are there days where people treat me mean and things go rough for me? Yes, but I'm glad I get to do it for the Lord. He sees what I'm doing. He knows it's all for him. When, when things go good or when things go bad, it's all for him. And that needs to be the purpose for which we do it. But these guys were all off the page, out of, off, off track. Some people, they turned it into doing it for money. They turned it into, uh, it was a weariness to them. Hey, guys, when it's soul winning time, are we over here like, ugh? We got to do this. Man, there's another teen activity. Man, we got to help set up for Roundup. Watch it. Watch it. Hey, guys, do we get tired? Yeah. Are there days you're not feeling it? Yeah. But you know what? Guys, sometimes your body, get, follow me here. Your body gets worn out. Your mind gets tired. But your heart should still do it for the Lord. You should still do it out of your heart because you love him. That's what it needs to be about. Listen, whether you're picking up chairs and tables, whether you're picking up trash around here, whatever you do to serve God, you should do it for the Lord. And it should be out of your heart. Your body may not be feeling it all the time, but you need to push your body and say, listen, this is more important than anything else that I do. Hey, guys, we've all heard the stories and, and, and we uh, I've lived it. And some of you guys have experienced this. Listen, when that alarm clock goes off at five or six in the morning, you need to get up for work. Ain't nobody feels like getting up. Right? Why do you do it? Because you need the money. Listen, and you know when you get older, why you do it? Because you love your family and you want to provide for them. You do it out of love. You don't do it because, oh boy, 5.30. Just love this time of the day. You are weird. Something is wrong. Get right with God. No, I'm kidding. But something is weird if that's how you are. Okay? Guys, you do it out of love. Hey, guys, sometimes we may not feel it, but guys, do we do it out of love for the Lord? Do we do it out of a passion for him saying, Lord, you did all this for me. This is the least I can do for you. Hey, guys, are we always complaining about it? Again, again, listen, I've said this before, but probably not for a while. Sometimes we'll, we'll do what they say, and in front of the people, they'll say, hey, can you do this for me? Oh, sure, Absolutely. <laughs> Then as soon as you walk out of their sight, when you're around your friends and you're comfortable, boy, you are complaining like there's no tomorrow. Miss mm. Christina, uh, Aiden, can you take these chairs for me? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Aiden. Such a nice boy. Right? Then he walks down the, the stairs and he's not around her anymore. Is she kidding me? You know how many tables I've carried in the last week? I, it has to be over 300. This is ridiculous. My arms are about to fall off. It is not like that. But you know what? We can be like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. All of us can. But we don't do it in front of the leaders. We're not that dumb, right? Uh, pastor asked me, Tom, can you do this? Yes, sir. Absolutely, sir. Amen. <laughs> you know, walk out of there. <sighs> really? Man, come on. Guys, we better watch that. Because we don't do it for a pastor. We don't do it for Miss Christina. We don't do it for a leader. We don't do it for a teacher. We should do it for God. And these guys were way off track. They had a weirdness about it. They said, oh, bus route again, soul winning again, visiting again, roundup again? How many roundups do we need? Let's calm down about this. No, 
Guys, they had a weariness about it. And you know what it turned into? They were giving God not the best of their life. They were giving God the leftovers of their life. Verse number eight. This is back in chapter one again. It says, if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? If you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Go to verse number 14 of chapter one. He said, but cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male and voweth and sacrifices unto the Lord a corrupt thing. God says, for I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. You know what all that's saying? Guys, they would bring the worst to God, the worst, the worst. And then they would have a good animal, healthy, in their flock. But you know what they would bring to God? The blind, the deaf. The, the one that was messed up, the one that had some injury about it, that's what they would bring to God. And God says, you expect me to accept this? You think this is okay? This is not okay. Hey, guys, guys, guys. You say, Brother Tom, um, I don't know if you realize, we don't have to bring animals anymore. I've realized that. But you know what? We can still bring God the leftovers if we don't watch it. Hey, guys, I'm not against sports and video games and all that stuff. But listen, I understand there's days we're tired and all that, but you need to push through it. Time out, time out. I don't mind guys in this class if they are tired, but they're pushing, trying to push through it, and they're struggling. I get that. That's okay. I, guys, I have times like that, okay? I get times where you're listening, and you're just like, bro, oh, goodness, you know? I understand that. But if you are pushing through it, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. If you're trying, you know, you start going down, and then you're... And then for a few minutes, it's like that, and then you start going down. Hey, you're trying. You're trying. I'm okay with that. But, guys, when you start, like, giving into it and curling up in a ball on the, on the pew and you've got the hymn book as support for your neck and all that, that's a problem. I'm not okay with that. You know, bro, I'm so tired. Well, dude, why are you so tired? Well, I was up late last night. What were you up late for? Man, I, I got to level 37 on my video. <laughs> Come on now. Hey, guys, I'm not against sports and I'm not against the video games in their proper place. But who are you giving your best to? Hey, 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 it would be a, a rotten shame in my mind for you at 2 or 3 o'clock last night to be all intense and passionate. And then you come to church. Does anybody see a problem with that? I see a problem with that. I'm not against the video games, but what deserves more attention? God. What deserves the higher priority in life? God. Listen, the video game is finding its place, but how can that have so much passion, so much intensity, and everything? And then you come to church and it's like, let me just get out of here, bro. Are we going to finish anytime soon? Guys, that's not okay. That's not okay. And listen, sports is fine too. I like sports. I like watching it. I like, you know, uh, keeping up with it sometimes. But it amazes me, and I'm not trying to preach on this today, but it amazes me how passionate people are about sports. Guys, you turn on ESPN, this dude is like, so into it. Do you and he's got this board up here. Do you see the the, the, the the line of scrimmage? Do you see what's happening here? And he's breaking it all apart. Like 15 minutes later, he's still talking. I'm thinking, it's a football play. <laughs> I'm not against that. Some of it's kind of cool. But guys, they go deep on this stuff. They act like it's calculus or something. <laughs> and then guys, when it comes to the Bible, it's like, what did they preach about? Uh the Bible, I think. Yeah. Hey guys, are you passionate, more passionate about those other things than you are God? Are you in front of the TV screen, which I am too sometimes? Yeah, come on, go, 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 no, 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 yeah, go, go, you know, and you're doing all that, and then you come in church, and it's just like, <laughs> come on now, and, and you don't have to do that to my preaching. That would probably be a little much, you know, if I'm preaching you over there. Go, go, 
no, don't say that. Don't say that. Yes! That would be a little much. All right? But guys, it needs to be about, the priority needs to be about God. The priority needs to be about God. Is it? Is it in your life? They were giving God the leftovers. Let's not give God the leftovers of our life. Hey, guys, every day if we wake up and I got to check social media and I got to text all my friends, but I have no time for God's word. That's giving him the leftovers or not anything at all. Less than leftovers. Guys, if I give all my heart, all my soul, all my passion to other things, but I give nothing of value to God, is that pleasing to him? No, no, it's not. And he says, priest, this message is for you. There's a particular message. And then point number two and last. There's a, there's a pressing attention. He's saying, guys, we need to get this right. We need to get it right now. You can't put it off. You can't say, I'll get around to it later. He's saying, right here, right now, you better get fully devoted to me and fully devoted to what I want you to do. He's saying, you don't have another chance. Verse number two, the pressing attention. He's saying, if you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you. I will curse your blessings. Yeah, I've cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. So what's the message today? We understand it's for the priest. Listen, I understand we don't have priests like that this day and age, but the Bible says we are a kingdom of priests. We are kings and priests unto God. You know what that means? We can go to God ourselves. We don't have to go through some mediator. We don't have to go through some other person. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We can go to him directly and get our prayers answered and take our petitions unto him. But guys, you have a part of the ministry. You are working for God, but let's not just go through the motions and do our own thing and get it all perverted in our minds. Hey guys, guys, before I really jump into point number two, do you do what you do at church for an ulterior motive? It keeps banging in my mind. Listen, some people, they come to church, but Ethan, they really got a secret agenda behind the scenes. They're not doing it for God. Hey, guys, let's not be like that. Let's, do, let's serve God for him. Let's seek him directly. Point number two, the pressing attention. He says, if you will not hear and if you will not lay it to heart. He's saying, first of all, there's a potential intersection. He's saying if, if, if. Guys, anytime there's if in the Bible, that's a condition. That means there's a choice to be made. Yeah. Hey, guys, if you listen today, if you apply this stuff to your life, if you make this a priority and you use it in your life, God can bless you. But if you just blow it off, say, no, I'm good. I don't need to change. I don't need to uh, uh, rearrange my life. I don't need to do any of that. I'm fine where I am. I may be having sins in my life. I may have some wickedness in my life, but who cares? I'm good where I am. And you blow it off, God's saying, that is going to be a problem. So there's a potential intersection here. He's saying you got to take one road or the other. There's a condition. There's a crossroads. Guys, are you going to follow what God says today? You're going to do your own thing. And he says, uh, your purpose is identified here. He's saying, if you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name. Guys, that's what our lives are all about. That's what your life is a, should be all about. That's what my life should be all about, giving glory to God. What does it mean to give glory to God? To honor him, to lift him up, to exalt him in your lives. Guys, you can do that not just with what you say, but how you live. Do you lift him up in your life or do you put him down? With the music you listen to, does it lift him up? With the attitude that you have, does it lift him up? With how you treat your parents, does it lift him up? With the way you talk to your friends when no leaders are around, does it lift him up? With the things you do on your phone, does it lift him up? With the things you watch today on your TV, does it lift him up? 
With the things you click on, does it lift him up? And guys, I could keep going and going and going and going and going. The thoughts that go through your mind, do they lift him up? God help us. God help us. God help us. That's our purpose. That's why we're here. The Bible talks about in the book of Isaiah. It says, even everyone that is called by my name, I have created him for my glory, God says. You know why you're created? For God's glory. To lift him up. Hey, guys, can I ask you, have you lifted him up in your life recently? Guys, that's why he made you. That's why he created you, to lift him up. Hey, guys, life is not about getting out of it what you want. Life's about lifting up the Lord. When you lift him up, then, as we're saying, he will give you blessings. He will bless your life in, in tremendous ways. But, guys, it's all about him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything you do. Hey, guys, everything you do in your life, does it lift him up? Does it lift him up? He's saying... If you will not hear and if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name. He's saying, priest, you're supposed to be serving me, but you're not doing it for my glory. You're doing it for all these terrible reasons. Hey, can I get money out of this? Are you going to pay me back something? What can I get from this? Hey, uh, it's a weariness to me. I give you the leftovers. Guys, these people were way off track. God's saying, you need to do it for my glory. You need to get all those other things out of the way, push them all off the table and say, you know what? I'm here for God. I'm doing this for God. If I give out tracts, it's for God. If I sow one, it's for God. If I pray, it's for God. Whatever I do in my life that serves him, it's for him, not for some ulterior motive. God's saying, if you don't give glory to my name and if you continue to go off track with this, He's saying there's going to be some problems that are inherited. He says, I will send a curse upon you. Can I tell you, you don't want that. Guys, that's God sending difficulties in our lives, things that are difficult and hard for us. Why? Because they made the choice not to follow him. And get this next one, guys. This is in verse number two toward the end. He says, and I will even curse your blessings. Guys, God gave us his blessings into our lives. He gave those things to us. Guys, can I tell you, he gave those things to us not to lead us away from him. Guys, whatever blessings you have in your life, you have a good family. God has provided for you guys. You have some nice stuff. Uh, You guys got jobs, making some good money. Can I tell you, all that's fine. All that's good. But can I tell you, God does not give you those things to lead you away from him. Keep your blessings in the proper place. You know why I think God's saying, listen, I'm going to send a curse upon you if you don't listen and if you don't. Uh, uh, get right, I will even curse your blessings because they allowed their blessings to become their gods. Hey guys, are you letting your blessings become your gods? Hey, if God's been good to you, great. But if I'm starting to make some money, but that becomes more important to me than God, then that's becoming my God. Hey guys, if you have friends, that's fine. But do you let what they think of you be more important than what God thinks of you? Are they becoming your God? No, man. You may not want to admit it, but that happens. Guys, are you letting your blessings become your gods? God says, I will even curse your blessings. I gave them to you as a blessing to help you, to uplift you. But if you don't want to put me first, I can turn those things into a curse for you. That's scary. And guys, get the last part of this. This is astounding to me. He says, I will even curse your blessings. And then, yea, I have cursed them already. Why? Because you do not lay it to heart. The punishment is initiated and the present indication. Guys, 
he's given these priests like a final warning, right? A final chance. Say, you better wake up. You better get right. You better get your life back on track. If you don't, punishment will come. A cursing will come. I will even curse your blessings. The things that you thought were good for you can turn into being bad for you. He's saying, I'm about to do that. And he's given them this warning. And you know what it's like, guys? He says, I have cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. It's almost like that he sits down in front of them. He's saying, giving them this strong warning. He's saying, listen, this is big time. This is a big deal. This is your last chance. And guys, it's as if he's given them this stern warning. And they're already, by their body language, you can already tell they don't care. So you know what he says, Aiden? I've already cursed them. You know why? Because you don't lay it to heart. I've given them this one more chance. I've been pleading with them. I've been begging them. And right there, I can tell they don't care. They don't have one uh, 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 bit of, of motivation to change. They're not trying to do right. They're not trying to change nothing. Guys, I've had conversations with guys at different times in my life. Maybe they've been having trouble in the school and, and getting in trouble a lot. And I've sat down with them one-on-one. And I've had times where we're trying to get really serious with them. And I'm not some prophet. I can't tell the future. But can I tell you, sometimes by just how they are treating that conversation, I can tell they're not going to change. They're not going to uh, try to switch their life up. They're not going to try to rearrange their priorities. They don't care. And can I tell you, a person like that, they will not change. God says, you know what? Because that's how you are. Guys, can you imagine we're, we're, we're pleading, we're begging, we're sharing our, our heart, preaching our guts out to people, and it's just like, yeah, I don't care. Can I tell you? If that's your attitude, you're not going to change. Guys, what does it mean to lay it to heart? You know what to lay it to heart means? It means to take it seriously. It means to make it a top priority, to rearrange your schedule, to put it at the top of the list in your life, to, to tack on some importance to it, to place a high value on it, to put some prominence on it. Hey, guys, when God tells us something, that's important. But you know what the average guy does? He just, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I mean, am I going to be punished today? Is it going to happen right away? Well, we don't know when that stuff's going to happen. And they think, all right, then I'm fine. I can get away with it. Hey, guys, if you're off track today, you need to get on track immediately. That needs to be the top priority. Lay it to heart. God's saying, make this important in your life. This needs to be a top priority. And if it's not, then punishment will come. Guys, can I tell you, and again, hearkening back to this about the graduates who never come back to God. Can I tell you, you know how you know how your destiny is made, your future is made, guys? And somebody mentioned this. I don't remember. It may have been you, George. I'm not, I don't remember correctly. But you know how life is made? Just one little step at a time. One little thing at a time. One little thing at a time. One little thing at a time. And guys, can I tell you, maybe in your mind, skipping church one time is not that big a thing. Skipping your Bible reading. Yeah, I think it was you. But can I tell you, that leads further and further and further and further and further and further. And you know what we want to do? You know what we want to do in our, in our lives, our Christian lives? We think we can play around, play around, play around, play around, play around, get right to the edge of the cliff. And then, Ethan, as soon as I start feeling, oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, all right, Lord, I'm getting right now. Forgive me, Lord, you're number one. Guys, that's not how life works. Can I tell you, sometimes in the cartoons and sometimes in the TV, they make things so obvious. In real life, it's not so obvious. Mm -hmm. You know, you turn on the, the, the movie and like five minutes into it, you're like, that's the bad guy. <laughs> that's not how real life works. Mm -hmm. 
Guys, you get right to the edge, you think, and then you're going to get right. You don't know where the edge is. There's, there's, no, there's no warning sign in life that says, one more step away from God. You're going to fall off the cliff. Your life is going to be messed up. You'll never have a good marriage. You'll never have a good family. God will never bless you. Why? Because you turned away from him. There's no, there's no warning sign. Can I tell you, if there is any such warning sign, it's right now through the preaching of the word of God. God's saying, wake up. Get serious. Come back to me. You know what you need to do, though? Lay it to heart. You take it seriously. I can't lay it to heart for you. I can lay it to heart for me. That's it. You've got to place a high priority on it. You've got to put some value on it. And guys, he's saying, I can already tell that you're not. You've already checked out. You've already turned it off, tuned out. He's saying, because of that, I've already sent a curse upon you. Jesus said in Luke 9, 44, he said, let these sayings sayings sink down into your ears. You know what he's saying? Lay it to heart. Guys, this is a great verse. Hebrews 2, 1. Some of you should turn to that. Hebrews 2, 1. Turn to that, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. Hebrews 2, 1, but it's important. I'm just going to start into it, but you find it. Hebrews 2, 1. Bible says, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Can I tell you something? Guys. Look up here now. You're like, I don't have Hebrews yet. Just, I know, I got you doing a bunch of stuff. But listen, I think those of you that have been in church for quite a while, you have to work harder to listen. You have to work harder to put a high value on these things than some other people do, maybe the new people. You know, the new people, it's fresh to them. The new people, it's all new. They've never heard these things before. It's kind of mind-blowing. They think, wow, we already know most of the stories. We already know how most things will turn out. But can I tell you, just because you know the stories doesn't mean you're going to apply that truth to your life. What is Hebrews 2.1 saying? It's saying you need to give the more earnest heed. What does that mean? I need to pay even closer attention. So Aiden, that tells me if I'm in class, I, I, the guy turns to this passage. He starts reading this story and I say, yeah, 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 I already know that. I need to stop myself and say, no, I need to even pay closer attention and turn it up even more so that I realize I need this. Even though I know the story, even though I know what's in that passage, I need it even more. Because guys, those of us that are so familiar with these things, if you don't watch it, you can tune out. And it's like you don't even notice that you do. He's saying you ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that you've already heard. You already know them. Why? Lest at any time you should let them slip. Can I tell you the devil's trying to take those truths out of your life? The word means to drift away. Like if you don't tie a boat, guys, if you don't tie a boat to the dock, you know what's going to happen to that boat? Slowly but surely it's going to be carried away. Guys, can I tell you the devil's trying to do that to you right now? If you don't tie these things down, if you don't lay it to heart, then guys, these things will drift away from you. And you'll get so far away from God And again, you'll fall off that cliff, but you won't even realize it. It's that serious. Guys, it's all about whether you will lay it to heart or not. You know what I think of? I'm done with this. You know what I think of when I read Malachi 2.2 and it's talking about you need to lay it to heart. And if you don't, I'll send a curse and curse your blessings and all this. It's this thought, guys. God is serious about us listening and changing when he speaks to us. Guys, we hear a lot of messages. You hear chapel messages, pastor in church. You, we have activities. We have trips, conferences, blah, 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 blah. We get it all. But do you lay it to heart? You can hear the best preaching three, four times a week. Hear it all the time. But if you don't lay it to heart, it's not going to do you any good. You've got to place a high value on it. You've got to say, this is important. I need this. 
And guys, if it's so important to you, you're going to do something about it. You're going to do something about it. I think I said I was done, but let me finish with this. I'm not going to leave the name out of this because um, it's someone in this room. I'm going to leave the name out of it. But I think this is exactly what I'm talking about with lay it to heart. Guys, there was a guy in this room, I guess about a year, year and a half ago. Good guy. Everybody in the church would think, great guy. One of the leaders, good guy. But you know what? This guy noticed there was a, a problem in his life, a hole, something that he was uh, leaving out of his life. And it was in the area of soul winning. You know what I saw this young man do? Even though he's a good guy and everybody thought well of him, he went out of his way and said, you know what? I'm going to show up and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be counted on. And I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to start working at being more of a soul winner and working at visiting more. You know what? Can I tell you, all his friends did not rally around him. They did not say, man, you're the greatest. And at first, when he started uh, coming to these times, um, it was still a really low crowd that we were having. Like still not many people were showing up whatsoever. But you know what? He laid it to heart. He said, God calls us to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, right? God has called me to do that, so I'm going to do something about it. You know what that is? That's laying it to heart. That's saying, I'm going to make that a top priority. I'm going to start working on that. I'm going to start rearranging my life to do that. And guys, can I tell you now, things have grown, more people come. This person is leading people to the Lord and making an influence. But can I tell you, it all started from them laying it to heart. Laying it to heart, saying, you know what? I could have excuses. Hey, guys, everybody has excuses why they can't serve God. Everybody has them. You know what you should uh, do, though? Don't use them. <laughs> everybody can say, I'm tired. Everybody can say, I'm busy. Everybody can say, I got homework. Everybody can say this and that. And I'm not slamming, slamming anybody. But guys, are you going to make the things of God a priority? You know what that's called? Laying it to heart. Hey, this message today, will you lay it to heart and say, God, whatever it is that's in my life that shouldn't be, and that you've called me out about it, Lord, I'm going to lay it to heart. I'm going to make it a priority, and I'm going to start working on it this week. Not later right now. Let's bow our head and close our eyes.